brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a Midi clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Wait, this record button. And then... Ladies and gentlemen, we're doing it again. Welcome to the Riffing Austin podcast. Where we're here to tell you that you just do it. You just do things. You're. I'm, I give you permission to just follow what you want to do. And give you the confidence to fail forward and fast. But we're not talking about failures today. We're talking about freaking crushing it today. I got a buddy named Chandler in the house. Comedian. OKC's up and coming. Slap champion of the world. Not real slap. Just like being funny slapping people around, right? Hey, Chandler. Chandler Rowan, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good. That's a nice intro. That's a <laughs> nice room. I like this. There's a lot of colors going on. You can call this a psychedelic room. I don't know what these cans are on like the top corners of the room. Beans. But I feel like at any moment, gas is going to leak from it. Beautiful. And I'm going to fall asleep for a week and wake up in Mexico. <laughs> right on. Those, like, those are Bean cans. Fun. Oh. Yeah, so those used to hold uh, Bush's baked beans. Um, and when I worked at the barbecue stand, oh. we we would... Oh, shoot. I'm not supposed to tell them about where where the stuff comes from. <laughs> uh, no, it, they... Uh, so instead of gas, beans leak out. I'm, at any moment, uh, Liam Neeson's going to yeah. come through that door. Yeah. yeah. Every now and again, people, you know, they'll have a weird... Uh, suggest you know suggestion or like for an order, and they're like, "We can we get bushes?" Be- uh, anyway, there was just I had a lot of bean cans, and uh, and anytime there's a lot of anything laying around, that's like, okay, that could be built. If I had, if I wasn't me, and I didn't have all of the crap that I'm doing right now. I would take all of these bean cans and I'd get like a tack welder and we'd build some sort of crazy monstrosity and like hide it in the woods, you know, like that, that's what my brain does whenever I see like a lot of one thing. I always look at it as like, that is a form of a media, you know, like paint or, you know, pencils or whatever. Yeah. That's a good way of looking at it. That's a good way of putting a lot of nothing to something. 
Isn't that something that a lot of artists like to do? Yeah, I get. I mean, I hope. I hope they're out there lo- <laughs> looking at things that aren't what they are and making them into something they yeah. they need to be. You're, you're a very artistic uh, individual, and uh, uh, is I, I'm trying to grasp all the art. Oh it's yeah, like, yeah. It's not just this room where the podcast is, but it's a lot through the house. <laughs> it's hard to handle. Uh, right? For a second, whenever there's this. Whatever, what's that statue? That white statue that's in the living room. For a second, like I looked at it, and are I was you, like, "Oh, talking, that's a statue." Are you talking about the life-sized uh, deli worker? Yeah. I- <laughs> and then I, and then like I kind of turned away, and then from the corner, it just looked like an actual person. I was like, "Wait, you weren't here before." <laughs> There's actually. I was like, uh, oh no, that's a statue. I saw you 20 seconds ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if if there's any truth to the um capturing souls with, you know, w- you know whether it's like taking a picture or like taking somebody's, you know, image. Yeah. And if there's any souls trapped in in them, uh my house has got a lot of faces and souls trapped in it for sure, like It's a- kind of cool though. It's oh, got its own thing. It's a like it's not uh like this is uh like a trendsetter's house. You know what Ooh. I mean? It's like uh it's its own thing. Dude. You know, it's like uh it's like whenever you see uh like an emo at Walmart and they have their own thing going on. It's like that's a that's a individual. I do <laughs> you ever see someone like that at yeah. Walmart and then everyone just like looks normal in their polo t shirts and Whatever, and you're like, oh, look at all these NPCs. There's only one character yeah. here. They're this character over here. Yeah. It, you know, I, I I do think about that sometimes. But then I think about, like, that. whenever I get ready in the morning and I'm putting on my human costume, you know, like, to get out and, and to, that person's got a lot more work on their human costume. Yeah. Sometimes you just got to blend in with the other lizards. That's so true. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> You really do. Yeah. Uh, I love, uh, shout out to J.K. Rowling for coming up with the slur muggle. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> because, like, like I, I'll, you'll be dealing, like, NPC and muggle is a lot of the same thing in my head, whatever. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, because I don't know. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. You're, yeah, getting caught in that situation, you're like, oh, no, am I the NPC now? But Whoa. That's a good drop. That's a good, yeah. Yep. Cause I I I keep thinking about that because like now like you know whoa. how like they uh, the whole I don't I think Elon Musk said something about this on Joe Rogan's thing but they were talking about how uh, uh, simulations and stuff and that yes. it could be possible. Sometimes I think about that because I look at like the world and stuff, and I never thought that I've like I could amount to wherever I'm at in comedy. Say it again. Say it again. I never thought, well, just where I thought I'd amount to comedy. Yeah, yeah dude. I never a, thought I'd get there. It. But still, like, a lot of people come up to me like, oh, you're doing all of this stuff, and you're really doing it. And I'm like, I'm not really doing it right now. Like, I wouldn't say I'm really doing it to, like, somehow I'm, like, doing a theater gig with some headliner. Right. But, uh, and then, like, sometimes I look at it, and I'm like, am I... Is this a simulation? Because it doesn't feel real. Is everyone an NPC or is everyone just a little side character? You know, or am I the NPC? Okay, okay. It mind boggles me. You saying that about like is it is it just me? Like, is, is are people psychic? Like, 
because I, I have this, I've had this like, continual, like whenever I started like getting on a more reasonable and healthy track with my life, um, that it, it felt like things were just opening up. Like it, yeah. it, it felt like, like there's, oh, this is a game and, and the, you work over here and you've unlocked this thing and then some pops over here like, yeah, that's kind of how I view it. Now it feels like a video game. But right. the side quests and everything take so much longer. <laughs> yeah. You know? Just like in World of Warcraft. That whole yeah. game is the same activity. Yeah. <laughs> like... Which I actually play World of Warcraft. Do you? Yeah. Which is so funny because I did a show because I was doing that weekend at the Looney Bin like last week. And uh, some guy came up to me after the show and he goes, hey, man, no offense, but you look like a guy that plays World of Warcraft. And I said, oh. I do play World of Warcraft. <laughs> and he goes, uh, <laughs> he goes, what do you play? And I was like, oh, I play, I play a dwarf hunter. And he goes, uh, he goes, oh, why do you play that? And I go, because I'm really short and I have a lot of hair. <laughs> yeah. You know? So I could just imagine myself as that. But, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I kind of just view as life like as a game almost right. in a way, which is weird. No, no, I, I like totally real understand consequences, right? Uh, but and then, uh, like, I feel like there's some <coughs> side quests and stuff that I haven't accomplished that I need to, like uh, getting it together and getting a car. Which actually, right. I got a second job. Well, that, that's Technically, a, I have three. That jobs. would be a, a quest to get a um, to unlock another like ability. Yeah, I don't know if it's like a main mission or no, no. maybe it is a main mission. I, no, and it's I a just, side. I've it's been a, avoiding it's it. It's unlock, right? So, yeah. so like you know how in WoW, whenever you're playing, they they steadily start you know handing you you know things as you oh you're playing along the game. All right, you're gonna fit in. You're getting where you fit, and then all of a sudden now you can travel. You get like the rocket ship or whatever. You travel different whole different areas, right? Yeah. So you know, like, like different mounts, but. And stuff. Yeah, the mounts. Sorry, yeah. uh, but that being said, whenever before you have the mounts, or then after you get the mounts, you still can come back and do these other quests, right? Well, yeah. if you don't have the the mount, you can hang out and specialize in your area. Yeah, and that actually is a great investment in a lot of games because like they'll be sets you up for yeah, because it's kind of like you you do everything in one place and then it sets you up and you kind of become overpowered for the next exactly stage. yeah. And then, and and then yeah. a lot of the time, more often than not, there's like a callback to go back to the beginning and do this other crap that you needed to do. Yeah, uh, <laughs> like after yeah. like, but I'm level one ten, Jesus. <laughs> like yeah, um, and and that those like little winks to like remember where you're from, you know. Uh, yeah. So yeah, the stoic mentality says it's not happening to you; it's what's happening. It's happening for you. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Happening for you. I mean, yeah, because the circumstance, how you respond to a circumstance is what defines what kind of character you become. Oh, yeah. Like, what would be, yeah, I, I yeah, I guess so. And I kind of, I, I kind of, like, took that, this approach uh, whenever I got off of opioids, when I realized, like, whenever, like, like, you, like, you can relate to this now. Uh, oh, gosh, Stopping yeah. drinking is that when... You stop drugs, uh, and and you realize like you try and set things up for your life, you mm-hmm. know, because uh, like when when I got off of opioids, uh, I I was trying to go to college and I like trying to go to school 
And then I was uh, trying to get a job, and then I was trying to get a car, and I was, like, trying to set my life up, and then I was getting happy, and I was like, oh, I can really accomplish things in my life. And then I realized, I was like, oh, I can be happy and do things without, like, having to use drugs for their whatever enhancing thing, ability on my brain. What you're saying is uh, the bullshit. Yeah, yeah, all the, (laughs) The you know, as much fun and how much you think you needed it, you know, and you're fighting for the next little fix, you know, instead, but it's, you know, your next fix now that you're sober is like, oh, I need to, I want to, you know, I want I, I want to set this up like in comedy. It's like yeah, I, I want to yell wanna gun on stage. Yeah, that was I, that, I, that, I, no. That's that's what that's what it's, I've done it a bunch yeah. of times. It's one in one of my jokes that I did back in the day where it the the punchline is me telling a story about how well it's it's all about me talking about how I used to think it was funny to yell gun and because I used to be like that and it's not it's not funny but it's funny how I used to think it was funny. Yeah. And then I tell a story that ends in me yelling gun. Yeah. And then I say, I still think it's kind of funny. Um, <laughs> like, yeah. so that's, that's where that, yeah. you know. Um, Comedy's weird like that. But the kinda... but back to the point was that, like, yeah. the, the new goal being, you know, can I get away with X, you know? Like, there's yeah. still this chaos reign in the head. <laughs> like, yeah, kind of, yeah. Well... Yeah, comedy's weird like that, where you kind of just figure it out, and then eventually you figure out what's funny. I remember the best piece of advice that I got for comedy when trying to figure out what's funny, uh, like uh, like a year ago, uh, a friend of mine, uh, uh, Justin Keithley, he said... Uh, Beautiful said, man. Yeah, great guy. He said... Uh, uh, Whatever's funny to you, tell it. And then you, and then I was like, okay. And then it kind of made me not so afraid to tell certain things. Well, obviously, like I never like to be like super edgy or super right. weird. I just always was just like, oh, what's relatable? What's something to me that's unique from my perspective and my stories? that I can project on the others or my perspectives. Cause I remember, uh, uh, Justin Smith, who's a oh, really yeah. good comic. Gosh, he, yeah. uh, he said, um, you know, when you do comedy, you, you're kind of like, uh, the projector and you're trying to put it like when you're telling your stuff, you're trying to like put it on a screen for others to watch, you right. know? And you're kind of just doing that from your own perspective, from the world, and you just want to. You're trying to put them there. Find it, yeah. yeah. You're trying to take, get them in the car, take them for a ride. Yeah, that's <laughs> kind of what I do, and it's like uh, um, that's kind of what I do with my comedy. But I kind of just try and tell, like, through my set, I kind of just do one long story about my life in a way, or like what's going on now. And you, you know, can catch relatable. Chandler Roan this Thursday at Bricktown Comedy Club at the Pirate Show, our rated pirate show, that is. Yeah, I'm going to do dirty jokes. Dirty jokes coming at you. Yeah, I'm going to do um, cum jokes or something like that. Oh, okay, this is a good time to let everybody know who's listening that this show is for people that are 30 years and above. I don't yeah. give a crap if you have anything to say if you're in your 20s. You complain, boo-hoo, whatever. If you're in your teens, definitely no. But you can buy my stuff if I start selling stuff. Uh, anyway, 
yeah, if you're if you're under thirty, shut this off. And if you're my mom, shut this off. Or if you're um, eight, well, the show's like eighteen up. But if you're just dirty, you can just come. Yeah, no, no. I'm talking about my <laughs> this come, podcast. <laughs> wow, do I have a drop for that? There we go. <laughs> Everyone's laughing. That was a good cum chuckle. <laughs> you got a case yeah. of the cum chuckles. I yeah, I, I kind of want to do a little bit of dirty material. Like, I kind of want to do dirty comedy. Oh, just comedy, sorry to clear that. You can go, go to the Bricktown show if you're above 18, right? Yeah. That's, okay, sweet. 18 and up. 18 and up. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Full but, service bar in the back, so it's not in the showroom, so you can come in. Oh, what's up? Yeah. That's, Full service bar. So yeah. if you can drink, definitely drink. Yeah, get the money in there. I see... Yeah, and if you can, if you can't drink, don't be drinking. Yeah, if you can't drink, don't be drinking. Don't break the law. Don't kids. break the law. Also, if you're trying don't not to get drink, in trouble. If, if you're trying not to drink, don't drink. Yeah, I have a criminal record, so I can. Yo, I can talk about yeah, it. me too. What's up? <laughs> criminal record. Yeah, this is what happens when you get a criminal record. You start a podcast in a room with bean cans on the stage. <laughs> That's what happened. That's what happened. That is what happened. And and then and then I end up here. That's with also a criminal record. But yeah, no, this, I, I'm not trying to shit on the room. It's fuck. It's so oh, cool. Uh, just like how you're not worried about you know what's funny to you. Uh, this uh, I I put like a lot of time in here, and then yeah. like all of this stuff was pretty much um, donated. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah. So uh, these these were a lot of things that. Um, yeah, people that are really cool were like, "Is there so? Can you get rid of this for me?" And I'm like, <laughs> "Yeah, man, I can totally get rid of this for you." And so the the money, like, pretty much this whole setup here, uh, the only money we spent really was on the um, extra cords. I think, yeah, that's it. Oh, nice. Yeah, everything yeah. else was a uh, given. To, so like the microphones, the first episode was done with the butcher barbecue stand. That job I, I used to be the, yeah, you know the the voice of the butcher barbecue stand. Come on and get your meats. Uh, back in the day, and uh, a good voice. Thank you. Um, and then, so uh, we got Levi on the first episode. Told told his story about how all that went down, and he had a, a podcast that he tried to start up, but he's a really busy guy. He just gave us the the gear these mic stands the microphones some of these cords absolutely hooked it up and then um the old lights were being tossed from the, the museum cool. once i get my head around uh trying to do mushrooms again which i, I like i i kind of ruined mushrooms for myself uh because I, I i one night i did like a mouthful yeah yeah and then uh um, it's a good dose this was like uh, all the way. I can't remember how far back this was, but it was a while ago. But uh, it was this year. But it was a while ago. I did a mouthful. It lasted like nine hours. Ooh, and baby. typically, like the amount that like I was doing, it would last. You know, like a good four. Yeah. You get like a good like hour, hour and a half, like mm-hmm. peak high. You know, you get a few of those whooshes. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Like yeah, I feel uh, when you're, you're like. Most of the, the experience. Like when you're climbing, is that what you mean by whoosh? Well, um, so there's the climbing, that is yeah. like the going up the roller coasters, you're getting ready. But as for, in my experience from back in the day, I remember very vividly having these experiences that were, um, felt like, um, you know when you're kind of falling asleep? 
and then your body kind of jolts. Oh, yeah. Okay, so it'd be, instead of the dropping effect of that, uh-huh. it was more of a bumping up effect. So, okay. like, as as it was going, it was kind of like, felt like I was hitting boosters and going into the sky. Okay. Um, and so, it'd be, and I would actually hear it. So, oh. um, and from, and what I learned in, in doing it back a lot back in the day, way back in the day for anybody listening that's worried. <laughs> um, uh I remember that I had way more uh, intense experiences with my eyes closed. Uh, yeah. Being able to go into space, and it felt very much lucid dreaming in control. Every time I closed my eyes when I was on them, I just saw fireworks. That was yeah. it. Just lots of lights and roller coasters. It was weird. But, yeah, the last time I did them, it lasted, instead of lasting four hours, it lasted nine hours. Again, this is another. If you're if you're if you're under the age of thirty, this is not this is not for you. <laughs> this is for professionals. We're talk. We're not glorifying. We're both here, not yeah. doing that. Anyway, all right. yeah, we're not doing drugs. I'm actually trying to give advice to people if they ever stumble on it, or if they want to peek into it, or it's kind of decriminalized in Oregon uh, and really? Colorado and stuff. I think it is. I don't know. They decriminalize cocaine in Oregon, so I think mushrooms are pretty much okay. <laughs> yeah. So I think it's going to be all right. Oh, my gosh. I'm pretty sure you can snort a line of coke in front of a cop in Oregon, and they'll be like, well, he already snorted it, and it's decriminalized, yeah. and he's got no pot. He's got, he doesn't have a dime bag in his pocket, so what can we do? Uh, cop, I mean, now they're probably just Instead, go. Instead, they'll make, probably just charge you with public yeah. intoxication make, or something. I don't know. Make sure they got their Narcan dart guns. Yeah. You shoot these junkies falling out <laughs> yeah but yeah so when i did those mushrooms it lasted nine hours and while i was taking them you know i was like watching youtube or whatever just waiting for it you know and and then i started feeling it and i was like all right this is awesome you know right like i'm on like a high dosage i wonder where this is gonna go and then um uh just like uh like a couple like three hours go by and it's just like <coughs> you know i'm on like that peak high that i'm used to yep and then like it's almost four hours and i was like okay this is when it's gonna like dive down you know but i took a mouthful you know yeah. I, I i didn't know yeah. and and then it just and then it just peaked even more just like it went even way like way more intense and i was like oh no and i wasn't used to this and i started getting scared and it was just me by myself because that's how i was doing them yep that's how you learn uh and then it it got way more intense and then immediately i go oh no this is a bad trip (laughs) and it and it got really bad (laughs) and it got super intense and then i was like okay maybe I, I I don't don't do this. This is so bad. I'm so dumb and uneducated. And I just go, maybe if I turn off the lights and I try and sleep, I it will go away. Yeah. And then it just got crazy. Wow, 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 wow. Dude, I uh I felt all all the emotions you can feel that you've ever experienced. I went through all of them in like 30 seconds. Just like every second it was going back and forth to a completely different emotion. Just and then I put on uh uh what's that song? Um gosh, now I have to I'm look happy. it up. <laughs> <laughs> no, I put on like something to like hype myself up and something that was killing in the name of <laughs> 
I put. I'm trying to remember this song. I put on uh, "Industry Baby" by Lil Nas X. Oh, okay. <laughs> to like to like even it out to like make myself like out of whatever was happening during this mushroom trip because I was feeling all these different emotions and I was just trying to have one emotion so I just tried to put that on right and then like I kept rocking back and forth listening to this one song on loop (laughs) 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 listening to Jack Harlow and Lil Nas X just getting hyped and I was just like okay this is working (laughs) like it was trying like Lil Nas X if you ever hear this you stabilize my emotions for a little bit but it but the mushrooms were strong Wrong. Yeah. And uh, hey, Lil, Lil Nas, Lil Nas, we'd probably be. We just want to say thank you, man. <laughs> yeah, we just want to say. By thank the time you. you hear this, you might be big Nas, uh, yeah, full Nas, maybe full blown nozzle. He's real big. I want to get big enough where you can do where you can get dressed up and then do that thing that they do. What's that thing called that they do where they all get super dressed up, the, super nice? It, you're either talking about a Met Gala or a blood drinking. The the, the Met Gala. Okay, sweet. yeah. That stuff's cool. Um, I think the blood drink is right after it happens. <laughs> <laughs> and then you all go into a forest naked yeah. with robes. Yeah, you were like, what's that thing when it was like, they, I don't man, they kill people. I just read, the, yeah. I, I go down really gnarly TikToks. I'm so scared of Joe Rogan because he doesn't go to the ceremony and he's successful. They're like, oh no, we worship the devil and that man worships God through MDMA. <laughs> <laughs> the action, yeah. That guy really does. Yeah. He goes to the source. <laughs> yeah, he goes to the source, dude. That, yeah, that. But yeah, those mushrooms, ah. Like, honestly, there was a moment where I was like, oh, no, I think I'm going to die. Right. You absolutely. know, and I started and I kind of psyched myself out a little bit. And I was like looking up stuff on like Google and stuff. And they were like, oh, if you take more than two, it can actually fuck up your brain. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But they, they told um, us that a long time ago about all the drugs. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty, which, <laughs> the, 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 not going to lie, they kind of can, but I, I think honestly, for, I think it makes you better in some ways. Well, for definitely. people, if you do it responsibly, I think it can definitely make you a better human. Yeah. I think that if you're a uh, an overly cocky individual, it, it can take you take you down a peg. Um, oh, yeah. If, uh, if, if you're, um, you know, unsure about a lot of things it will let you understand that yep that's how it'd be yeah that's how it'd be yeah but and then while i was looking at all this stuff about how like these much like what they could do and stuff and uh, I was like, okay, can they be poisonous? And they weren't yeah. poisonous. I mean, but that's I the, mean, they can be, but that's that's the damn. I, I I knew a dude back in the day uh, working in old Chicago back uh, man ten years ago yeah. um, that he had to have just all sorts of gut surgeries because of the whatever the whatever he got a hold of that was the mushroom was like apparently like not dried well enough. Or, I don't I don't I'm not a mycologist. I don't know what went down there, but. It, it was bad mushrooms, you know, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, like they ain't doing it right. <laughs> Took the yeah. wrong route. Got some Took bad shrooms. I got, yeah. I got boom booms. <laughs> yeah. And I discovered why you're on, when you do something like that and it gets intense, you are, you are not driving. You got to let it go. You got to, you got to let God take the wheel. Yeah. Yeah. That let which Jesus take the wheel. Yeah. Where, I mean, with, you know, again, like, we're coming at this conversation not glorifying ruining your brain and being you know messed up and doing illegal stuff like it doesn't help you like with someone like the oh yeah i mean my goodness and uh, the fact that like uh 
I don't know if it was a felony for so long for mushrooms to be a felony. I don't know if it was or if it was scheduled, how it was scheduled. or I, I don't know enough about that. But it I was, just know it was illegal. Yeah. <laughs> I just know that I never had the luxuries uh, of money to pay the fines yeah. growing up as a kid. I knew that if I got into trouble. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. That I knew how poor we were. Yeah. If I if I got into trouble like that, yeah, it it's would, all a money game. It would bankrupt my yeah. family. Mm-hmm. And I'm one of five kids. Yeah. And... So like that. I'm very lucky that I didn't get in trouble with any of it, because when I was doing all those drugs and stuff, I it never came across my mind about getting in trouble. Dude. Never once, never once was I scared about cops. Never once was I scared about police or anything or getting in well, trouble. Well, yeah, because you just wanted the drugs more than anything. Yeah, it, well, and it was just never there, and I never thought about that. I was just like, oh, I'm doing drugs. <laughs> yeah. That's all I. That's all I was what thinking. A donkey. Yeah, I was just like drugs, 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 drugs. I was like, this is so much fun. I'm doing drugs with people. I'm now I'm doing drugs, just me in my bedroom. This is awesome. <laughs> That's all I kept thinking. <laughs> That's it. That's all I was oh my God. in my head. I, I, okay, so that you, you summarize it really well, but I, had, I got to tag on a little experience that I had. Um, I had a, a really good friend who was trying to, to give me a gift uh, years ago, and it was uh, like a box, like a big box full of moonshine jars. Like, oh uh, boy, yeah, there was a there. Oh man, it was a lot, and it was good old boy stuff. Never had moon. Well, I've been around moonshine before. Yeah. Like I've like I've seen it like yeah. in front of me, like a jar and stuff. But I like how potent is that? Like it, 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 how good is it? It, it <laughs> ranges. See these a lot of these yeah. people are some like chemists out here. Uh, oh yeah, and so sure. like. They don't have a tooth in their head, and they'll have a 10-inch barrel revolver on them whenever <laughs> they're just showing people around their property. Like, nah, they're friends and family. There's no, like, people that really get to come out there. Like, yeah. straight up, there's a story about uh, Buddy t- t- took his friends out to one of these uh, these guys. He's got these stills out and not going to tell you. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, and but it, it's how it's built up so beautiful. It's been there for years, and how he's got him, how he has them made. They're huge, and they, I mean, yeah. So anyway, uh, they they kind of they gave their buddy like the uh, the coordinates, you know, like they dropped a pin on how to find him because they were going to get to be shown around this freaking you know moonshining setup that's like pretty rowdy out, you know, out here, and uh, and 
homie Tyler pulled up a little bit later, and uh, and I kid you not, the guy who operated these stills pulls out his giant gun, and he mm. points it over, and he's like, who's that coming down here? <laughs> and uh, and they were like, that's our buddy Tyler, man. And he was like, you want me to kill him? <laughs> <laughs> you want me to kill him? <laughs> oh, God. He goes, no, he's my dog. I'll put him down. <laughs> They're like, nah, dude, nah, dude. And he was like, I can shoot above him. It will be funny. <laughs> and, you know, so like that type of stuff. Anyway, so th- from this type of feller where they also have like um, these, uh, there's these stories of, um, cabinets, I'm not joking, like cabinets or old refrigerators yeah. that are out in the woods off of different dirt roads where they had give them coordinates and maps on how to get to it. And inside these are jars of all of this different moonshine, which he they flavor them in different ways. And, uh, and then they'll have, like, different farmers buy the sugar and the... Throughout, so that way it's not on any sort of paper trail. Okay, yeah. Uh, in order to Actually, do- you know, there's a funny scene in Breaking Bad where uh, the uh, uh, Walter White, uh, that's the character. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. The he, one who knocks. Yeah, and uh, he's like in this like a uh, grocery. He's like in a Home Depot, or like a like a Walmart or something like that, and uh, he's he's like going around. He's like buying stuff to make his meth, and right. then uh, he. F- like runs into a guy with a grocery cart full of all the stuff you need to make the meth. Right. And he stops him and he goes, uh, he's like, what are you, what are you buying? He like, oh, immediately like a tweaker knows, looking guy. Or? Yeah. He <laughs> immediately knows what this guy's up to. He knows he's about to make meth and Walter like stops him and he goes, uh, he's like, uh, what are you doing? He's like, I know <laughs> I what you're this. doing. I know what you're buying. He's like, you don't buy it all in one place. You buy it all in these different places so they can't figure out what you're doing. He's like, what? He's like, yeah. He's like, don't use those matches either. Those have these different chemicals. You don't want those chemicals in your meth. You need it pure. You need to get this stuff. And he's like, okay. And he starts putting, and then, you know. Oh, man. It's kind of dope how they did that in the show. Uh, They call it smurfing. Yeah. that is because that that goofy guy with the funny voice that was like his tall buddy who was the sign spinner in the show. Uh, he was like, I got my Smurfs out there, you know. Anyway, uh, so I'll tell you a story. Um, whenever I was nineteen, I moved to South Carolina uh, to go to this kind of a weirdo Bible college. Uh, it turned out to be kind of a, a bit of a culty situation that was using homeless people for kind of slave labor. To, to build their ministry up. Kind of I mean, college is this? Uh, it, uh, it was a non-accredited Bible college. It I want to know how they do that because there's a lot of homeless people in Brooktown. Yeah, and, and I'm, I'm, uh, I like to you know put them to work. My own pyramid. <laughs> yeah, uh, give them. Yeah, to, put them. Well, to that, work. that's a big thing. Is uh, meth and construction yeah. go hand in hand? And these guys still have yeah. the skills. They just can't get it dialed in. Yeah, and that's sad. A lot of blue-collar workers get hooked up on a lot of that stuff. That's exactly right. Yeah, whole, like, whole things fall apart. Yeah, we, uh, especially on those oil rigs and stuff. That's um, exactly right. Yeah. We had a family. Uh, it's like, how else are you going to work those 32-hour shifts? Dude? You, yeah, it's it's nuts. The de- deadlines, The every, you're always behind. But we had a family uh, growing up. Uh, there was a family that uh, dad uh, came clean in, in the, like, Bible study about what was going on, uh, and he went to a rehab, and then uh, my parents actually are such 
incredible people that they let his wife and daughter just live with us while he was, you know, they, they didn't have any, they had to sell everything for him to be able to like go to this rehab. And anyway, they're doing great now, by the way, it's, it, it worked out. People's lives can change. Yeah. Anyway. So what I was going to say was, um, back to the, um, the, uh, the, the homeless people. The, the homeless that were people. Yeah. So buildings. Yeah. Of slave labor. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. You remember? Yeah. Uh, there was only like eighteen to twenty students, and then they were connected to a bunch of different churches. It was like a ministry type of a thing, and the guy operating it was just a really solid uh, salesman. Um, and uh, yeah, I I don't want to get too much into the details because I don't actually know the legalities of the stuff. So like even yeah. dropping like what that is. Um, they still might be operating and I'm like, like, but, but I know that I was able to go down to South Carolina. I sold everything, got in a car with my, my mom and sister, got a rented a van and we drove all the way there mm. and uh, they dropped me off. And I remember when I got out of the van and looked at what I had done because I had just kind of seen websites and heard some stuff. And then I was just like a pull the trigger, ride the bullet type of dude. You know what I mean? And so that's what I did. And I got down there and I saw what they were doing. It's in this town called Wagner, South Carolina. All right. What a name. Wagner. Not even a, not even a stoplight. (laughs) And uh, anyway, I built some great relationships with a lot of really cool people there, but it was just like, oh, this is shady. And there's no way that I'm going to be able to do anything with my life. Like there's no credits. There was no like paperwork filled out. Like there was this work study program that covered your room and board. That that was the the situation. You had to work like twenty hours a week for the ministry, and it would cover your room and board. What kind of college is this? Yeah, exactly. Um, and then uh, Mondays was um, was just a three hour long uh, lecture type sermon with the the founder of the school. Right, um, they were able to somehow out so get like other professors, uh, like maybe like a few different professors there. They only offered, it was like they had a different class every day of the week. Right. And then there was work study stuff. And then you had to go to these different, you know, church activities and Bible studies. And anyway, it was, it was a rowdy thing and it was, had very impressive cult like stuff. And I should write it all out and unpack it more to get more details. But uh, that's a lot. Yeah. So anyway, I took a 27 hour long bus ride back home, uh, Right, a 27-hour-long bus ride back home. And uh, next to me on one of the the legs, right, there's multiple layovers. Uh, so, you know, this story about Wagner, this yeah. college, these homeless <laughs> people, it sounds like, no, it sounds like a, uh, like, a le- like, legitimately sounds like some weird, creepy, scary movie. Oh, oh there's like, some. It sounds like a movie that's set up. But it's like a whole spin. It could be a series, oh. really. Well, bro, we can write this if you if you can help keep me organized, bro. I'll, <laughs> I will sit down and dump yeah, all this garbage out of my head uh, because it goes on. So anyway, so I'm in this bus riding. I finally am kind of fed up with the whole situation. It just seems a little a little much, right? And how did uh, you get into this college? How did you find it? Um. So <laughs> okay. So my dad was a pastor. Okay. And both my grandpas used to be pastors. Really? Yeah. And my dad uh, knew a guy, well, and he, he just so through knowing people in the church, and then he, after he got out of the paid ministry, he still worked with church folks. 
in his okay. in his other business stuff that he was doing uh, as he was grinding his way. I mean, my dad's got an incredible story in it in itself. This literally was just kind of a guy that um, there there was just one of the clients that my dad worked with went to church through it was just a church church business opportunity type of a thing and then they were just doing and then i guess one of the guys my dad's knows donated to this thing and so he was just talking it to my dad and my dad pitched it to me i got on the website and i was like yeah and then hooked me the website not even sketchy no, it looked okay, but like, but again, um, that's how they get you. Well, you got a good website. That's how they get you in. You also have to understand. Um, well, I also had just written read a book by a guy named Shane Claiborne called "The Irresistible Revolution," and it was all about uh, helping the homeless people, helping homeless people, and uh-huh. and and fixing things. So you is know? that what they thought at that? Well, that, that was a big part of my goal uh-huh. whenever I was coming out of high school because I didn't really know what I wanted to do at uh, all. I just yeah. knew that I wanted to help people. Um, I was very religious at the time. So. That's how I was. I, I wasn't religious. Yeah. I wanted to find a way to help people well, in some way. The Influence society. of a calling, you yeah. know. Uh, and so I'm, it was really just, I, I don't know, just tr- trying to find a way to help the world and not – you know, and do fun things and adventure, you know? Uh-huh. So at 19, I was this really super solid, gnarly Christian, uh, Jesus freak to the max, man. And uh, so like, that was like, felt like a mission, you know, like let's uh-huh. go. And I, I don't regret it at all, but anyway, back to the meth thing. <laughs> <laughs> so we're on the bus and I, this 27 hour bus ride, and a guy is getting out of prison for <laughs> for uh, cooking, essentially, that's what. okay. And uh, we were talking about, th- you know, all that, and uh, I'd known a little bit about the Sudafed thing, and I was making jokes about like, oh, let's see, you know, um, he has to use my phone too. And then I think he was he called up some people to pick him up, and then like set up a whole new game to get money moving again. Uh. And so that was, you know, like sitting next to this guy, like, what am I doing? You know, anyway. He told me about how they don't even mess with Sudafed so much anymore. In the Midwest, a lot of places, there's grass that grows that has ephedrine in it, like, and they just dis, like distill it out. Like, they just cook it out of these special grasses that grow all over the Midwest. And that he had some buddies in him that got busted because they were out in the middle of the night tweaking, um, just chopping this tall grass down and filling these trash bags. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And uh, the cops showed up when they just, like, 
bunch of tweakers in a field mowing and <laughs> filling bags with this. this I would, dude, if it were me, if I was a cop, I'd be like, hey, let them do it, dude. This <laughs> is a bunch of money that the city doesn't have to spend to clean up the highway. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I mean. <laughs> Just let the mess cook their meth, dude. If it means they get to mow the lawn for free yeah. <laughs> on the highways and stuff. You know how you see those guys with their lawnmowers? Dude, fuck it. They'll be go <laughs> give them scissors. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, go to town. Yeah, just let them do it. They'll, they'll, but, yeah, so that was. Tax the meth. Tax <laughs> the meth. That's our platform. Did you know that's why I, I, I was looking it up. That's why I was on my phone. Apparently, that's why they don't want moonshine. Apparently, moonshine is due to a fear of loss of tax revenue if they legalized it. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, that's that's a, lo a lot that's of the funny. thing. It, it's, it's, it's all money like we were talking about. Right, yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's also... The lizards want our money. <laughs> yeah, well, any type of technology gets easier for the common man. Somebody's got to find a way to squeeze more money out of it. So, like, with alcohol, the fact that it makes itself and it's such a profitable thing, they're like, well, yeah. we got to make this illegal, dang. Yeah, that's why they wanted those homeless people. Yeah, You guys want highways? You better... <laughs> Uh, but, uh, yeah, so the, yeah, man, that was a heck of a rabbit trail we took down. Yeah. Uh, but, so, uh, you can catch Chandler Raw on this Thursday. What's, uh, what's the actual date? Um, th um Thursday. <laughs> Thursday. Uh, <laughs> Oh, the 15th. Thursday the 15th. Of oh, September. that reminds me. Uh, uh, happy holidays <laughs> today. Oh, yeah. Today is 9-11. Today is the day. Oh, yeah. I was going to say. We remember to never forget. You never forget Pete Davidson's dad. Yeah. That, Pete Davidson. That's, <laughs> that's what today no, that's is. the day. <laughs> Don't forget about Pete Davidson's oh, man, dad. That's hilarious. That's yeah. That it's like that. It's talks also about. it's also Harry <laughs> that Con and the women that he's had sex with who are uber famous. That's correct. Uh, um, also, it is Harry Connick Jr.'s birthday. I have no idea who that is. Uh, he he's a. Uh, he's like that's my roommate. <laughs> <laughs> Harry, get in here, boy. No, um, no. Harry Connick Jr. is like a, a jazz musician that was like a really famous jazz musician at a young age. And then got like some movie fame, uh, but just like he's he's famous for like uh, moms, right? <laughs> like yeah. he's like real mom famous uh, and jazz musician famous. So like, yeah. um, so I anytime there's a a, a tragedy or a, a, another or a special holiday or something, I like to look up what celebrities' birthdays there are. Yeah, um, because it's really not fair to them. <laughs> like, they, yeah. it it used to be that like if this horrible thing wouldn't have happened, yeah, it would all come down to oh, it's also Oprah's birthday. You're like, uh, oh yeah, it's Oprah's birthday today. Huh? Yeah, uh, cool. Yeah, everyone uh, keeps thinking about. I don't know. I kind of yeah. just that not that like I don't care about nine eleven. But I, I'm right. kind of just, you know, I this is like I was literally born in 2001. Oh, so yeah. <laughs> this is all I've known my whole life you, is like 9/11. You just don't want to be like disingenuous, also about like you know, yeah. cause I've known so about 9/11 like like my whole life, right? Uh, and like I, when I was born, like at the beginning of 2001, I was born January 2nd, 2001. I was supposed to be born in December. But uh, supposed to be a two thousand baby. 
which actually I was late like a couple weeks, and then they didn't know if I was going to be born. Oh. Yeah, they were kind of a little scared, and then my parents watched a scary movie one night, and then jump scare happened, and that's how I was born. Dude, yeah. that's hilarious. For, like, the fact that you were born due to a jump scare, yet you're the chillest man alive. Yeah, dude. But. The fact that I was born from a scary movie, and then uh, uh, and then 9-11 happens, the scariest thing that ever happened to this country, uh, besides the British people. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And some, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the British people. But, hey, man, don't forget, man, another never forget, the, it's the Siege of Boston. Whenever the British state, there's like 1775, <laughs> they rolled up. They were like, oi. And then oi. <laughs> and then George yeah. Washington was like, homie, it is April 19th. Yeah. Tomorrow's 420. <laughs> Get out of here with that. Yeah. And then they were like, no, we should. And they whooped that they ass. <laughs> and then they made that, all those dudes, they made the, yeah, the first Continental Army right then. Yeah, yeah. So remember that one, 420, History. day before. Day yeah. before Siege of Boston. What I was going to say, yeah, so 9-11. <laughs> uh, yeah, your birthday's coming up. Which oh, my is birthday exciting. just happened, actually. Oh, yeah, yeah. it did. Just, uh, yeah. Yeah. I, well, I... That's all uh, right. Bro, we've no, been busy. I remember... Uh, well, because I was going to remember it was like a year or two years ago. Oh, you, are you going to talk about the party? Yeah, the party. Oh, okay. Well, I didn't come to the party. I, I know, I know. I wasn't I know. able to make it. But you gave me this incredible the secret, like the birthday. secret party. Well, I guess we can talk about the secret party. Go ahead. Well, no, I the, the <laughs> I was talking about like the invitation he gave oh, okay. me. I still have the oh. invitation he gave <gasps> okay, me. Okay, tell ago. tell the world about how cool I am. because uh, <laughs> it was like wrapped up in like this uh what like this linen cloth. Okay, and so you put it in like a bullet yeah. casing of like a uh thirty out six probably. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I still have it. Dude, that makes and me so happy. I've still kept it, like, two years later. I still have, I've, like, I've kept it because I'm like, oh, this was just a nice it's a thought. Ta- like, it was a talisman. Uh, yeah, it was, like, a nice, thoughtful way of inviting people that you liked to your thing, and it felt really nice that you gave one to me, and I've always kept it. Dude. Oh, that that means a whole lot that you say that, bro. Yeah, I uh. still have it. So I wanted to tell you because it's nine eleven. Yeah, and I'm glad I didn't forget yeah. that, <laughs> but I still have it. You know, it's nine eleven. I didn't forget. You never forgot. Yeah, I never forgot. That that's the objective of the nine eleven podcast is that I never <laughs> forgot. I honestly, I did not even plan on this to go down on nine eleven at all. <laughs> like the fact that this is we the were 9/11. chosen. Well, now that we have, yeah, well, you know, we'll, we can we can get into the weird stuff. So now but that's nice though, because now we can label it and put it out. And be like, guys, we did a podcast on nine eleven. If you want to hear us talk about nine eleven. You're going to want to wait 46 minutes. Yeah, you're going to wait 40. Wait, how long have we been doing this? 47 minutes. 47 minutes? Oh, nice. Yeah. It took us 47 minutes to get to 9-11 on 9-11. That's the least hack thing I think has ever happened. wonder how long 9-11 lasted, 47 minutes? I don't know. (laughs) Uh, I mean, the actual thing probably took, like, years to plan. (laughs) (laughs) I'm saying just the action of the plans. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean, if I, well, I don't know. I mean, I don't know how efficient these guys were. Maybe, maybe it's easier than it looks. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm so sorry. We'd have to ask Bush. Yeah, that guy. I'm sure that guy knew exactly what was going on all I the think time. So that guy, <laughs> that guy knew everything that the was fact going that 
Wait, yeah, the fact that uh, Bush won another election after 9-11, that's pretty cool. Yeah. (laughs) What I loved was how uh, I remember people just, like, uh, as soon as 9-11 happened, there were still people talking shit on Al Gore. Saying, like, Al Gore been crying under his office in the Oval. (laughs) Like, under his desk, right? (laughs) And I was like, that's hilarious. Uh, but, uh, yeah, but all I've known is nine eleven. Yeah, it, <laughs> and it's really not fair for you to have to feel, um, you know, any feelings like that. <laughs> like your coronavirus that that was your nine eleven. <laughs> I get right. Nah, no, no. I, well, when not, it comes like down, people had died and stuff, but it wasn't at, like. Unless it's true that the Chinese planned this or something. No, I'm just talking about, like, the the overwhelming, oh, shit. You know, that, like, this is a big, bad deal. But it wasn't like, well, COVID wasn't like, you know, attack from a foreign nation. No, no, no. Or not a foreign nation, but, like, a foreign group of people that want to harm us. Right. I'm just talking about as a time stamp in history that you need to give a shit about. Which is a pretty significant time stamp yeah. in history, in United States history. Because, like, you know, like I try and put myself in that perspective in the shoes of someone, you know, just trying to watch Teletubbies and then it just pops <laughs> on and you just see <laughs> hey, towers uh, being crashed. Yeah, um, yeah it, it is. I have some 9-11 newspapers here that I'll I'll get out and, and show you. Um, That's like from, from the Dallas Morning News. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah, and so we can go look into that stuff. But one thing that's just really, it's I mean. Just terrifying just well, to see that in real time. Here's, you the pro- know? Here, here's, a, here's my problem with it is it, it's not any of the conspiracy stuff. It's when I look through this newspaper and I see the advertising. Yeah, and how these they still have to put their name on the day, you know, like like Foley's, you yeah. know, department store, man. And like, I wonder how nine eleven will be whenever I'm seventy. Um, I wonder if we're still gonna be like, don't forget. I, I think but, it'll still be on the same day. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I wonder how. Well, how do you feel be. about Pearl Harbor? Oh. Uh, uh, I've reenacted it many times in <laughs> video games, and in the it's bathroom. pretty cool flying around in a plane. Uh, <laughs> a lot of movies. Uh, I can't wait to watch more nine no, eleven movies. I, I mean, nine eleven video game. Uh, oh man, yeah, that's a there's... yeah, dude. I can't wait till I'm seventy. We can finally make video games about nine eleven. That oh wow, do you get to play the Japanese in? In whatever video in game you're playing? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, you're right. They're going to have Japanese version of 9-11. It's Godzilla. <laughs> no, no, it's just 9-11 and it's just set in Japan. They just kind of they put some big buildings there that are the same size. And it's just really hacky. Anyway. Um, uh, uh, yeah, well, I mean, that's kind of what I... I mean... I think yeah, it's that like, Hollywood. How do you think about the British people. The British people are going through their own nine eleven right now. Are you talking about the the Queen? Yeah, yeah, man. It's the same, <laughs> same thing, same exact thing. <laughs> uh, yeah, the I my favorite. It was uh, they finally got her. Whoever they finally did, they finally got her. Seen memes for so long about (laughs) when she's gonna die or all this stuff, and now it finally happened. It's kind of nuts. 
Yeah, and it's, it, yeah, it's so ridiculous. I mean, I'm sorry. It's an old lady. I don't understand. Like, my condolences to the British people. Uh, the feature at Brooktown came all the way from England to let us all know that the Queen had died. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he did. And yeah, dude. Comic. Yeah. We met a comic from England uh, the other day, yeah. and uh, he let us know because that's how they do. That's how they. That's how they receive news in England. Is that you know they still have writers that go around to town to town to tell the people <laughs> <laughs> the news. Queen Mother's dead. <laughs> Bing bong. <laughs> is that the bell of the Queen Mother being dead? <laughs> That's a special bell. It's <laughs> a special bell only reserved for if the Queen died. <laughs> I love the idea that it would be a, like a dinner triangle. Yeah. Oh, you know what's funny? They got her. One time when I was doing the Blue Well Festival, doing comedy. Great I def- job, by the way. Oh, thank you. There was this um, there was this uh, lady. Oh, I can't remember her name. Now I feel bad. Now I have to go back on the Instagram. But it, I, I can't remember her name. But she was really funny. She was killing it on stage. Crowd was really hot too, so they, it was a great audience. They, they were ready for it. Yeah, they were really ready, and uh, it was packed out. And this girl that I had to follow, she was really funny, a lot of energy. And then she went. There was a piano on stage. She goes and she plays the piano during her set, and she does like this song, and it kills. It murders. And I'm very monotone. You know, I don't. You know, I'm not very. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. I don't move around. You're you're and, pretty straight A. You're getting yeah. right at you got your thing. Yeah. And you got your thing figured out pretty well. Yeah, and she's I guess so. But yeah, well, I'm still trying to figure it out. But she like does this whole thing, plays the piano, does a song, you know, kinda bows out and everyone loved her and then I'm like, Oh, I gotta follow this. Right, right. I need to follow this. I was like, I I don't play an instrument. And immediately, you know, and then they bring me up, and I go up, and I go, ah, oh, this is awesome. Give it up for the comics you saw. Give it up for your hosts. And I go, uh, you know, if I knew we were supposed to play or bring an instrument to the festival, I would have brought my triangle. <laughs> Did you say that? Yeah, I said that on stage. Cause, and then I was like, I am so talentless. I don't know how to follow this. That's <laughs> and then brilliant. I, and then they laughed, and then... We had a good time, and then I just did my set, and it was fun. Bro, absolutely stellar move there. Yeah, yeah, you just 
Yeah, you got him on the on board right quick. Yeah, because I didn't know what to do. I was like, ah. Oh. And then honest. I realized in that moment, you know, 9-11 was a real tragedy. And because, uh, <laughs> you know, I started to relate because I didn't have any other talents. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh, if you if you like that funny crap from Chandler Road, you can see him this <laughs> week on Thursday. Thursday at Bricktown Comedy Club. You can see Chandler Roan making some jokes of the R-rated show. It's gonna be dirty. Yeah, it's gonna be dirty. Is that is that a sad button? That I did a double drop there. That was a sparklies and a sad. Uh, it was an accident. I was yeah. just gonna do the sparklies. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I really sorry. I didn't mean to make yeah, you feel any so sort of way. Why on my cum jokes? Ah. <laughs> I don't know how these jokes. I I kind of just am just trying to write dirty jokes just for that show because clean comics. Certain clean comics, I think, are kind of weird, but uh, most comics that are, like, quote-unquote clean, uh, whenever they don't have to be clean when they're doing their sets, they kind of just do whatever they want. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But some of them just stick to the Bible of just being super squeak, like, clean to the point to where, like, 12-year-olds it's, can come to the show. Yeah, and that that's fine. You just have to be really, really funny. Yeah, like, that's the thing. Like, yeah, it's it is being really funny, but also it's kind of weird and kind of like I've never enjoyed that kind of right. stuff yeah, for it, me. But it does it doesn't you know that doesn't move the needle. Yeah, you know. Um, yeah, I get it. But that that's the thing is like be it, telling clean like and clean is relative. You know, also to some people when like you could you could tell a joke that's like clinical. Yeah, and it'd be a dirty joke, but like you're just being and and tell it just straight up, you know. Technically, that was the dirtiest joke ever, you know. Uh, uh, like, yeah, I have a joke about uh, you know my my uncle uh, having a stroke in in the bathtub with in the jacuzzi bathtub and it filling oh, up yeah. with duty, oh. uh, <laughs> like and and him passing out and there. Wait, he. Took a poo? No, no. So here's oh. here's the story. Um, <laughs> he had a stroke, and the stroke made him take a shit. Yeah, bath. well, yeah, well, yeah. So he he actually what happened was he he fell it. He okay. So he is a thing where he likes to huff paint. Okay, <laughs> and I got a cousin like that. All right, so uh, he he pulled over on the side of the road because he had a case of sparkly brain. Uh-huh. And uh, just like you know, just kind of chill for a sec, you yeah. know. And he got hit by a drunk driver, like that's what happened, which Whoa. is hysterical in itself. Just to hear about that, like no way, that did not happen. Yes, it did. Wow. So they so the guy that huffs paint when he got in an accident. He did the right thing. Yeah, <laughs> and then the bad thing happened. Wow. So his his daughter comes and, and picks him up and takes her to her her home. And he's just like, I, I, he didn't want to go to the hospital. He just was like, I need, I just want to go home and take a bath. And like, <laughs> she's like, okay. So um, he goes over, gets in the tub, and he's taking a really long bath. And she goes and she checks on him, and he's unconscious in the bathtub, and the water is right around his nose and mouth, like his eyes. It's just his mouth and his nose are above the water, and the jacuzzi tubs. <laughs> And sure enough, uh, he, uh, he unleashed 
uh, whenever he had some sort of a stroke in, in there. And uh, he lived. Like, she called the ambulance. Like, she called 911. And they were like, okay, so uh, what's is the water still hot? And she's like, uh. <laughs> she has to test the water temperature. Like, uh. And it's all dutied up. And it's probably frothing like espresso, you know. <laughs> like, anyway, sorry. <laughs> and, and so they're like, well, if the water's cold, you're going to have to drain the tub. Uh, like un, you know, while he's in, because you know that's, he could be hypothermic in his own, you know, horrible situation, right? Uh-huh. And, uh And and so you know, so he died. No, just kidding. No, just kidding. She she drained the tub and they got him and we found out. And then they went, did take him to the hospital, checked him out. He was he was for the most. I mean, all things considered, Ms. Lincoln, how was the play? Um, like you know, uh, but for the most part, he it wasn't. Not dead, uh, but with it, okay. I mean, he got he's out. Okay? Of, yeah, yeah. I okay. mean, he's still. But once you're you're in that level, you know, old and you're huffing paint. Yeah. It's it, and you're in that addiction that deep. Yeah. Um. It it's so hard to get. So when out. he was in the hospital, like after he had the stroke, they were like, "Oh, he's he's fine." Yeah. They never showered him though. The that's whole time weird. he was at the <laughs> at the I, hospital. Yeah, I remember. That's one of the reasons why I stopped uh, drinking alcohol because I uh, I started getting uh, heart palpitations. Yep. And, oh yeah. Because I would because when I turned twenty one, uh, like day one. You know, everyone's buying you a shot. Like, you know, Absolutely. I'm a comic, and I've been doing, like, comedy since I was, like, 19. So when I turned 21, uh, uh, like, all of these comics, like, everyone that, like, I knew, like, in the scene were buying me shots right. and getting me drunk. And it was cool, you know, day one, right? And then, you know... They say, "Oh, the best way to take care of a hangover is more alcohol." Yeah. So then, which you is know, which is day, a verifiable fact. <laughs> yeah. But also, it can be a problem because <laughs> then I started just every day hangover. So I drank every day, every and day. I did that for three months straight. Hell yeah! Every day since turning twenty-one. And I guess I, and I would, and like people ask me, like, how drunk were you, like, how much were you drinking? I was like, oh, I was drinking. I was drinking until, you know, I couldn't drink anymore. Right, yeah. Or I didn't have any more alcohol. Exactly that, yeah. And so, like, I drank every day for three months, and that was the real addict coming back out of me. And uh, it's like, and then I was sitting at the bar one day, and I was like, oh, I'm going to switch, because I was drinking, like, um, uh, like Tito's all the time, yeah. just having like a Tito's and Sprite and just having that. And then eventually one day I was like, ah, I'm going to switch it up. I'm going to have a 22 Coors Light or right. a Coors Banquet. Yeah. And then I had the Coors and I drank it and I was like, ah, oh, this is nice. I like beer. And then I had another one and then that was it. I only had those two beers and then I was like, I'm going to go home. You know, like yeah. I'm going to take it easy tonight. Just two 22 ounces. <laughs> Just 44 yeah. ounces. Yeah, 44 ounces. And I go home and I'm hanging out, you know, and then I start feeling some weird anxiety coming out of nowhere that I didn't feel before. And then I start getting scared, you know, and I was like, oh, am I having a panic attack for no reason? Because I used to have those a lot in high school. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I haven't had this in a while. And then. My heart starts racing, you know, I'm starting to, like, you know, feel weird. And then for a second, like, I felt my heart stop. Like, everything dropped in my <sighs> body. And then I was like, oh, no. 
And then and then it came back, started beating again. I was like, whoa. And then, you know, I was like, okay, I just need to calm down and I'm okay. No need to go to the hospital. No, no. My heart stopped. That's it, no it, reason this stuff, for That's an the first time it's happening. It's probably yeah. one of I'm 21 years old. There's no reason why this yeah. should be happening. Yeah, it was probably all in my head. Yeah. <laughs> and then it happened again a second time. And I was yeah. like, oh, no. And then, like, and I still didn't go to the hospital. I didn't go. And then, like, but then I called uh, the hospital that I usually go to, the doctor that I go to, and I called them up, and I was like, hey, I need an appointment. This is happening to me. And the nurse that was uh, I was on the line with was like, you had what happened to you? And I was like, <laughs> my heart stopped. Like, I felt it, literally felt my heart stop. And it happened twice. And she goes, uh, like, this was, like, earlier within this week. And I had them, like, throughout an entire week. And I was told myself, I can't drink anymore. And it happened through a week. and But it was like a week later that I was doing this phone call. And I told her what had happened and how many times it happened. And she goes, uh, you need to go to the emergency room immediately <laughs> after that happens. <laughs> she's like, how many times has this happened to you? And I told her. And she's like, that, okay, that's crazy. Uh, we'll, have, we'll see you this day. But if it happens again, go to the hospital. Ooh, buddy. Like, that's, that is like, bad. And I was <laughs> like, okay. And then she was like, how old are you? And I was like, 21. I'm like, what? And I remember I was sitting with my doctor. I was having my appointment. And she sat down with me. And she goes, uh, she takes off her glasses. And she's like, how much are you drinking? And I go, well... I'm a comic, and a lot of times alcohol is free, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and I'm at a bar all the time. And um, so, um, not none. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I was telling her, and she's like, okay. And she's like, well, how much is a lot or whatever? And I'm telling her, and how much I'm drinking, and she, she goes, <sighs> you sound like an addict. <laughs> I was like, nice. Yeah. Hey, shout, was this the doctor that yeah. said that? Shout out, doctor. Thank you for saying that to my buddy. Yeah, she was like, you <laughs> sound like, she's like, I've dealt with a lot of addicts, and I've been to, like, those places, and she's like, you need to stop, because you're going to ruin yourself by the time you're 30 if you keep this up. Yep. Yeah, she was like, <laughs> she's like, you got 10 years until you ruin yourself. And I was like, that's a long time. She nailed that, bro. Yeah, I was like, oh, gosh. And then I remember telling some of my friends, and they were like, fuck that doctor. <laughs> How old were they? Oh, they were, they were like 30. Yeah. <laughs> all, all my friends are older than me. Yeah, that's okay. yeah they're Dude. all in their 30s and 40s. They're like, that doctor doesn't know She doesn't know anything. Yeah, all these comics have been doing comedy for a long time that have also, you know, done stuff. They're like, fuck that doctor. Dude, you're going to be fine. Like, I, I don't, I mean, I'm pretty sure more comics uh, at least in Oklahoma, have pulled their own teeth out than not. Oh, I think that's just around. I think that's all comics, no matter where they're from. I think that's all of them. <laughs> so I think they've all been in some situation where they've done something. They've had to like remove that. their own teeth. Yeah. Uh, and that's. Uh, I'll never. Nah, I'm. 
I'm like I I just go to the Indian doctors and then they just <laughs> well that that is kind of what that doctor was saying whenever she meant you're gonna be in a rough spot she yeah. not mean dead she didn't mean necessarily she just means you're gonna be that fucking guy pulling his own teeth out yeah. like, that's all no, she's like you're gonna ruin yourself by your thirty as in like you know when you're a comic and you're thirty and you've been doing it for this long this is where you're gonna be yeah. I was like oh, it's oh. so real man uh, yeah I I. From experience, I know exactly, like, because I tried real hard, but I didn't have the real strength that, like, I was, I was LARPing, essentially. Yeah. That's, that's what, when in, in the, the heavy, in, in my addiction, in, when I was drinking and doing comedy, it was, I was a, I was a guy who drank uh-huh. that cosplayed as a comic. Okay. Right. And, and I, and I did a really good job at it. Yeah. But. A lot of comics are just cosplaying alcoholics. That, that's exactly or, what it is. Or they're just, or they're both. Yeah, they're just yeah. both. Or, or I mean, if you get good, you can be fifty-fifty. I mean, yeah. you know, but but that that's you know, it's. I mean, it's not. There's exceptions to all cases, of course. Yeah. But there's weird ways of doing it. I know a lot of comics that you know that are on the road and they you know they do a lot of stuff and they're doing weekends and. Uh, they tell they they tell themselves. Uh, there's a, a lot of them say the same thing when they're on the road. They're like, "I'm not gonna drink until the end of the weekend because then I've earned it." And I'm yeah. like, "Okay, if you wanna that is do that, that, it's not gonna stop you know you from you know being a sort of an alcoholic, right?" But, if that's your way of dealing with it, and I mean, they, you're not gonna drink before you go on stage, then sure, you're gonna say it out loud like that. It yeah. sounds not so much of anything other than like that is a reward system. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, it's not like, a reward for me now. It's uh, I guess my reward system is uh, I don't even know if I, yeah, I think I guess my reward system would be um, like having a Coca Cola, ooh, or uh, oh, yeah grabbing candy or something that's one of the ways i got off of like that helped me get off of alcohol was i was eating a lot of like candy hey <laughs> eating butterfingers <Dude. laughs> which is not the healthiest way of getting off of one drug but right i mean but, it, it's uh, slow it's I, a lot better than you know i use this metaphor of uh it in dealing with addiction stuff um is the marble track people that know that they're addicts yeah. you know you're on a marble track and yeah. when you when you're like really in your addiction you are kicking your marble down the wrong side that goes inevitably into a hole and kills you. Uh-huh. Um, whereas whenever you turn around and you actually work on your problems in life, your marble track goes up exponentially yeah. faster. Yeah, but it gets better. you take bigger jumps, it just gets heavier as you go, and you yeah. have to legitimately get stronger. And that in the path in recovery, that's all we're doing is learning how to roll that marble the right way. Yeah, and that's kind of what I realized when I got off of drugs – when I was the opioids, like, you know, like we were talking about earlier, where, you know, you realize you can do things, you know. Uh, uh, but, uh, yeah, it's like, um, it, yeah, you kind of realize what you're doing and you kind of get yourself back on. Like, sometimes, you know, you Sa- can derail yourself a bit. Being more you sacrificial. you can always come back. Oh, yeah. The, the Absolutely, yeah, definitely can always come back 100%. And nobody judges you. Whenever yeah. you're getting better in life, I feel like Except everyone. Dicks. <laughs> I feel like everyone goes through that, in a way, in their own way. They go through that path of whether it be from drugs or it be something else yeah. until they realize, like, 
ah, what am I like? I'm kind of just wasting, right, my spare time, right? And that that's one of the things that I see in um, in churches where they have a really solid uh, system on getting people uh, into churches by talking about the they call that like Jesus shaped hole in their heart, right? That uh. whatever this. Um, Churches scare me. Right, yeah, well, because yeah. they work. Like, they really do help a lot of people pull they, their lives out of situations that are really garbage. Yeah. yeah. But then also, Which like... I think it's great. Like, and my sister is the same way. My sister, uh, like, after... Like, she had a kid when she was, like, 15 or 16. And then, like, after high school and stuff, she started to, like, find... Jesus, yeah, you know, yeah, she, she got her, she got her cool points in early. Yeah, <laughs> I'm uh, just joking. I'm just joking. <laughs> but she kind of like found her way doing that, which is cool and it's nice, you know. But she gets super, you know, into it. And then I remember she was trying to talk to me about religion or whatever, and I was like, ah, I don't really do all that stuff. Like I do believe in a higher being, but I don't go to the church stuff. I don't do all that religious stuff. Well, I you mean, know, and I'm not gonna, you know, I pa- hit on it. I'll posit you this. Um, that you do things religiously. You you do yeah. meet up at a place every yeah. week at least. You're you're a disciple of a certain subject. Yeah. Um you are a part of a community where you guys more often than not are trying to better society in just a little bit way a little bit. Yeah. Um, kind of, yeah, yeah. So so when it when you really yeah. break it down, there there's yeah. very much a, that that church aspect thing that what you know because we're we're tribalistic people and so yeah. that she found her tribe the people that can speak her language and yeah. make her feel welcome yeah um, and the way that you said that yeah I remember she was talking to me about that and then I remember uh, we were with my grandma and I uh, went to go use the restroom or something and then uh, eventually my grandma told me when it was just me and her later whenever this was. Uh, she was like, uh, yeah, she was like, I know your sister was, you know, telling you about all this stuff. And, you know, she's like, ah, I just want him to, like, like God and stuff. And then my sister sat down, uh, or my grandma sat down with my sister, and my grandma said that she told her, she's like, oh, uh, you know, your brother, you know, it doesn't do the church stuff, and he doesn't, you know, necessarily have to do that because he already found his own thing. You know, he already does his thing. Right. You, so you, you found like playing the game, like you know, yeah. like whenever, like that was the it's the best metaphor, man, for whenever you come out of that cloud. Because anybody that's in their addiction, there's a, a part of it where you feel like this is what you want to do, right? Yeah. I just want to do this, and then when you're in it, you're just like, oh, I wish I didn't have to do this. And then whenever you're not getting the benefits from it, you're 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 just yeah. you're in chains, man. Yeah. yeah. Which yeah. I feel like once you find your thing, you find your community, you find the your I I don't know whatever it takes to stay away from at. the shit. You know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know. Just to find the thing that you're good at, and then you know, uh, you just do it. Or or you find something yeah. that you're willing to be bad at. That's really a big thing for me. Finding uh, something that. You're, Oh yeah, I yeah, you know, finding something you're bad at and then getting good, yeah, like getting yeah, decent, that you're just good. and like something yeah. you're like, that's a cool enough thing that I'm willing to suck at it for a while. Yeah, you know, and that that was super eye opening for me and in getting into climbing. Yeah. Whenever I quit drinking, climbing was the thing. Yeah, I I needed something that was like kind of insane. 
you know, that yeah. I, I had no business. You know, I mean, I was 260, 270 whenever I started climbing. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, which, by the way, you're looking good. You look like you've lost a lot. You look healthy. Thank you very much. I, I had a climbing competition yesterday, and I got yeah. third in my division, dude. Which is very awesome. In the it's intermediate. An oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so when we when you when you were talking about like the reward system yeah. earlier, like what's my reward system now? Like uh, the short term, long term ones. Well, uh-huh. the long term one turns out was a a little uh, little metal that they made for me. That's actually uh, made out of a laser cut wood, and they painted uh, bronze for me. Turns out that oh, was the reward nice. thing I needed to. I'm gonna look at that for a while, and then th- that'll help me. Um, it's just like a reminder whenever I'm getting too focused on comedy yeah. to think like what you know it oh no 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 I still can do that I can go back and do that I I am capable because yeah. like it's I guess my reward system laughs now that I figured <laughs> it out it's a coke and a bag of funyuns ooh bro all right I'll, I'll remember I'll remember that I'll remember that. Um, and hey, and if you come out to Bricktown Comedy <laughs> Club Thursday, September the fifteenth, you can see Chandler. Uh, bring him some Funyuns. Bring him some. Bring him a nice cold Coke. Keep it sealed, and bring Summer. him a bag of Funyuns. Keep him sealed, and uh, he will be very pleased to see you. That'd be really cool if some random person found this podcast and then just heard that. And then just came and did that. That'd be cool. Oh, it, anything's possible, dude. Okay, That'd be really cool. So, I. So Brad Williams, the the comic, Brad Williams and Chris Turner. Yeah, headlining like the, comic, the, Netflix yeah. special guy. Oh, my. It's super it's cool. Crushed. Uh, actually brought the house down at Bricktown Comedy yeah, Club funny. this past week, this weekend that we're sitting on right now. They, I'm sure they just took off. Uh, did five shows. Um, I got to reach out to Brad and ask him on, I, I just was, it was Wednesday. They had been advertising he was coming through town. I saw him and I just DM'd him on Instagram. Yeah. And I just asked him uh-huh. if he's bored in town whenever he's in Oklahoma City, if he'd like to come out to the Science Museum and to hit me up and I can, you know, him. It, and then I went about my life thinking like that, you know, and yeah. he responded oh, and he yeah. and he showed up. And I got to take him around the whole Science Museum for three hours, him and Chris. And I didn't, I mean, it was so fun. Like, uh, I mean, they were tired. It was, you know, but then I got, I got to take them into the, um, science live show and they got like a private boom, boom, like physics show, like explosion show. And then took them to the planetarium. Um, I took them around the museum. I have access to a little area where there's like a box of human bones. They got to play around with. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah. And so like being able to use these other skills that I have that I like, dude, I, LARPed as a comic for like five, six years. Yeah. Never, ever came close to being able to have any sort of pull power plays like this ever. And then I gave up legitimately whenever, like, you know, a few months ago, I was like, I don't care. I need to, I, I can do these other things. And I can, and it, and it honestly is easier for me to do these other things. I have this dream that since I was 11 that I wanted to be a stand-up comic. But, you know, it, it, but whatever. This is freaking dope, you know? Yeah. Like, and, uh, and then I got to go see the show. I, I didn't hang out. It was too late because I had to get up the next morning and go do a six-hour suffering 
endurance competition. It's called Six yeah. Hours of Suffering, and it's an endurance competition. That was what oh, I, very I, cool. That's what I competed in. I got, got yeah, but that's really cool. That bro. that's the one thing that's cool about comics. Like, there's a difference uh, between celebrities that go and they do stand up, and then actual comics who went through all of it. Because uh, there's a huge difference because the comics, the real comics uh, at comedy clubs will, like, hang out and they'll vibe out and they'll talk to people and they'll hang out with comics. Like, uh, like Ari Shafir will hang out at the comedy club and they'll talk to comics and they'll hang out and do all this stuff, you know. Just a, like That's so great. Yeah, they, they'll do that. Like, Big J Okerson was the same way. He'd hang out with us and we'd go around town and stuff. Like, some of these guys are really cool. They'll hang out. They're just like us, and they get it. And, uh, I mean, because they went through I'm the drop, whole thing. I'm dropping it for you. you. Don't have it, but like you, one of my the goats of all time. One of the the best stand up comics to ever step on a stage, Dave Attell. You got to do a show with Dave Attell. Yeah, like how wild is that, man? Like just to have that on. On the resume. It like, was, uh, well. How does uh, it feel? I mean, I don't care well, how it went. It like, was, uh, <laughs> you could have ate a plate, you know? Uh, <laughs> like, it was, it was, it was, uh, it was good. Uh, it, it was fun. Uh, but, uh, I mean, it was, it was a guest spot. And I think he does guest spots, like, all around or whatever. So I never thought it was, like, you know, like, it was cool that I got to do it, but I never thought, like, I was, you know, like, you don't feel the, 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 the metal aspect of it. Yeah. I would if, you know, I, you know, if they asked me, uh, if I wanted to open for them. Right, right, right. For that weekend. Uh, but they had, um, Another comic from Austin open up for him, uh, who's really funny. She's super, super funny. Uh, she's doing like the just for laughs thing. Yeah, up huh. up there for that that Canada. Little, yeah, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I think it's in Canada where she's doing it. But she's doing just for laughs, and it's super cool. Her name's Casey. She's super. I don't remember her last name. But she's from Nepal. She's super funny, and uh, she killed that every single show. And, uh, but yeah, I remember he, he was just like, ah, we're going to, I want to do a guest spot tonight or whatever. Um, and then, uh, like, you know, I was just there, mm-hmm. you know, and you were just, you just showed up. Yeah. The power of there. showing up, man. We talk yeah. about that. Well, a lot. also, yeah, yeah, just the power of showing up, just going to clubs and, uh, well, and also I work at that club. And because you kept showing up. <laughs> I just, yeah, I kept showing up, and then they gave me a job. So, uh, Which I'm very thankful for that club, because that club has it, put me where I'm at now. And, you know, they also give me the the job and the, the, like, the stuff so I can live. You know? Right, yeah. Uh, do, do you make pretty decent money working there? Yeah, I do um, some of the marketing uh, during the day, during the week, and then I, and then I work uh at yeah. the club at night um which is cool but yeah i was just you know i was just working thinking it's just gonna be a regular weekend and then they're like he says he wants to do a guest spot and then they can't and then the um uh the managers came up to me and they were like hey you want to do you know the spot for david tell and i was like uh <laughs> yeah that's like the coolest <laughs> thing ever <laughs> and then they brought me to the green room uh, and i was in the green room with them and uh, and then Ian Fidance was featuring, who's super cool, he's super funny, super nice guy. And uh, I was 
you know, in the green room, and I was like, oh, and then they kind of, like, left me, and I was like, ah, oh, this is super cool. Thank you, guys. This is going to be awesome. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I was like, I was like, David Tell, sir. I, like, knelt. But I, knelt. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, oh, thank I you so much. I this kn- is super cool. I knelt. I t- and he's he like, was smoking a cigarette in there, and he's just, like. In the green room, just with a case of fuckets? Yeah, he was just in there, and he was just like, yeah. It's cool. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, he was just like, yeah. Yeah. He's just being Dave Attell. Yeah. I mean, I I used to watch that Insomniac show. I, yeah. I remember because back in the day, uh he 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 scared me, like with how he went out at, at talking about things, you know? Uh, the, just not not the actual fear of like, ha, ah, it was just how he was able to to take it and then just keep rolling the most gnarly jacked up jokes and stuff. Yeah. And it, it was just always like that that guy is incredible. And then whenever I, he quit drinking it was like, "Oh my gosh." And then yeah. Uh, and then seeing that it's possible, you know. One of the that's one of the other things is looking at these incredibly successful people that have battled their demons uh you know that you know, yeah, still a lot battle, of people still battle their you know. Yeah, I remember a lot of people. You know, we were talking about David Tell, and a lot of people were like, "Does he still drink?" And I'm like, "No, he doesn't drink that much anymore." I don't think he doesn't really. Uh, I don't. I don't remember him drinking at all. But yeah, I think he got over that because, like, that's kind of nuts, though. Like having a TV show, you're discovering the nightlife in every city. You're drinking. That's nuts. That's a, that's a that's a, that's a lot of uh, you know willpower power whatever and just that that's a nutty concept of something to do all like for yeah to how that long be your life and then and then be like i'm not gonna do that you know this is this is actually not helping me like it looks like it is yeah um, i don't know that's just a nuts show but it was cool like the show and like you get to see some of the set for each episode which yeah. is cool oh, man um yeah, dude. Yeah, so you're that. honestly. Uh, uh, I also got to do some for um, Big J Okerson, which was cool. Uh, he's a really nice guy because he came like the week after Dave Attell, and he used to feature for Dave Attell on the road. Oh, cool! It's like he knew Dave Attell, and then they uh, they were like, "Yeah, Dave Attell was just here." Um, and Big J turns around, and he goes. Did you buy the whole staff like buckets of candy and pizza and stuff? <laughs> and they're like, yeah. And he's like, yeah, that's David Tell. Because David Tell's cool. He'll go to like all the clubs and stuff that you know that he plays, and he'll buy the staff like candy and Amazing. food and stuff. He's Amazing. a very nice guy, you know, for doing that. So and he sweet. gets it. And uh, Big J was like, oh, did you do the guest spots? And they're like, yeah. And he goes, ah, let's do guest spots. And then and then I got to do guest spot for Big J because you know. From the previous week, from David Tell doing guest spots, so he but he did guest spots for like every show, kind of. So like you know, not just me, but other comics were able to do it too. And then uh, uh, Sean Berg also got to do yeah. David Tell, which was cool because Sean Sean's really funny and he deserves that. Sean, the uh, just man, he's blind. Uh, yeah, he's blind. <laughs> he's blind. You can't ever see him coming. Yeah, but, uh, he's really funny. He uh. uh he, he got at um at Chris when Chris was doing his rap uh his freestyle rap through the uh oh, through yeah. the audience yeah. uh well just for people who don't know uh, 
he does one thing that's kind of like a Harry Mack style where he's like, give me some words to rap about, slayed it, yeah. bounced back and forth through the different, you know, crazy things they were talking about. And they got really weird with it too. And then he did, you know, some more jokes and then he, then he walked through the audience doing the same kind of thing, asking people to pull things out of their pockets. And then he rapped about that stuff. And, and, and when he walked around, Sean was in the audience yeah. and uh, he pulled up his, his cane, his, his blind guy cane. And then he ended up like, Finishing off the whole rap with uh, just a killer drop on oh, that's some blind guy rap. <laughs> I didn't see that. That's pretty cool. Absolutely stellar. Uh, that's nice. Well, yeah, we got to do those spots and stuff. And that was cool. That was at Bricktown Comedy Club. And if you're interested in anything Bricktown Comedy Club rated, I recommend checking out the R-rated show. Yeah, that's a dirty show coming up on Thursday, September 15th. And you're going to see Chandler Roan there talking about cum. <laughs> I'm to. so sorry if you're yeah. if you're offended by that. Uh, I don't like saying these I like should have. <laughs> yeah, because like you know, it's funny. Like uh, whenever I got to do the spots for, uh, uh, well, I did that one spot for David Tell, and you know he's like an extremely dirty comic, yeah. rowdy and, dirty. Yeah, yeah. and uh, I just went up there just, and I just did my set because they were like, "You want to do ten minutes or whatever?" And I couldn't think of anything. I only had, like, 10 minutes to think of, like, you know, what I'm going to do, like, right after. Before you have to commit and become, you know, what you got to do. Yeah, do my set. So I went up there. I just did my set, and it was good, you know. But, like, now that I think about it, I was like, oh, I could have gone up there and went, just done dirty material. Because usually my set, the way I like to do my comedy, uh, like, typically I I don't really do, like, a lot. Because, you know, when you're in front of an audience, you don't know what they, you know, want or whatever. But, like, I always just do, like, my set. Like, I don't like to cuss, and I don't really do any dirty, raunchy stuff. But I'll do everything else. I'll talk about drugs. I'll talk about, yeah, yeah. you know, I'll talk about... I'll, the, make, I'll make your parents uncomfortable. Yeah. Don't you even trip. Yeah, I'll <laughs> talk about people that I don't like, you know. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'll do that. But, yeah. and, and But, uh, but I, I just did my set or whatever, and it was fun. But whenever I got to do those spots for Big J Okerson, like, I knew ahead of time that I was going to do it. Like, I had, like, some yeah. thought, and I was like, oh, I'm going to do this set. And then, like, I went up there, and it was so much fun because I just did, like, you know, some dirty stuff, some a little bit of, like, a, a, a joke that will kind of just run you into a wall. And, you know, <laughs> like, I yeah. did some that stuff, did some dirty stuff, you know, did a, did a church joke, and they liked it. So it was a lot of fun. So I was like, okay, this audience, I know what this audience wants. I like I I had time to think about my set, you know, and I got to do a couple of spots for him, and then like it was a lot of fun, especially like whenever like uh, it's a lot of fun like when there's a theme to a show or there's like a headliner, like that's the thing that's fun about uh like one thing that's fun about comedy is that when you're going to open for somebody and then you know the the headliner's like material and you know what they're gonna do and then you can just go up prepared you know, with something that can match the energy of the headliner. Right. But it's not, like, the same jokes or the same things they cover, but it just matches their energy, you know, that's of, like, brilliant. what they're going to bring. Uh, like, that's one thing that I like, like, whenever you get to do a weekend with somebody that the audience is going to see, yeah. and you can match that energy and do the same thing. Uh, it's it it's a lot more fun for you, and it's also, it can be a challenge for sure. Because uh, I remember when I opened for Joe Dombrowski, uh, Mr. D, back in uh, uh, May, um, he's uh, a teacher, 
And so, like, he taught, like, elementary school and stuff, and he got famous for, like, doing, like, sketches and whatnot, and he's been on Ellen and stuff. And um, uh, his entire audience was all female, and they're teachers, you know. They've seen him on Ellen. They know he's a teacher. So, like, that's why they're there. Right, yeah. Teachers from all across the state came so, to, yeah, so you can, to watch you can... him. And so, you know. Here, uh, here's the thing. You... You got such a good instinct about people and how to care about people. Yeah, like it, I can tell that like you're really. I'm. I'm just trying to place like what's some like why why is he so good at this stuff? Um, and it's gen like obviously you're smart. You're very intelligent for your you know what. Well, you're just intelligent, whatever. Um, but like how you are so empathetic, um, and able to be so empathetic about the thing. So. You just talking about how you're, I know what you're thinking about. It's like, how can I form fit something for these people? Yeah. You know? Well, I think, but like, like, I, I but think also every comic thing, you know? should know that, though. I right, think but they every, don't. <laughs> some <laughs> don't. Some, because, yeah, because I remember Joe, because I, like, so I, I went up there and I just did my set, yeah. you know? Like, I was just like, oh, I'm just going to go up there. I'm going to do my set that's been, you know, that's been doing good. I'm going to just do my thing. And I go up there, and I'm trying to do my thing, and it just doesn't really go very well. And I remember after the show, there's, like, these cards on the table that you can, like, sign for, like, birthdays and stuff, and you get free tickets or whatever. Right, right, right. And on the back, uh, some teachers run on the back, and, and, they, and, and they gave me a grade for my set. Oh. <laughs> and they gave me a D minus. <laughs> and they wrote stuff that they didn't like about my set. And they're like, we don't like drugs. We Did don't you like save this us? stuff. Uh, I, uh, I think, no, I didn't save it, but I saved the good ones. Oh man. I saved the good ones. The, the bad ones, you make those into t-shirts. Yeah. Like, I guess, yeah. I guess like, you make those. If, in, yeah. If anything like, oh, uh, that's a good idea. Well, I, I, I t- that got out. that idea from Levi. Oh, oh really? Levi with well, the butcher barbecue stand out in Wellston, Oklahoma off route 66. He gave us these microphones. Uh, huh. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> anyway, I, I totally forgot what i was talking about oh the t-shirts with the yeah so he yeah he would get negative reviews on yelp and anybody in barbecue world there's you know there's people that are just like they have opinions and yeah it's everywhere and so uh he would he got white t-shirts and printed the negative yelp reviews yeah. On the white shirt, so people could wipe their hands off on them. Oh god! <laughs> and and it was such a hit that people started leaving negative reviews on purpose. And he was like, "Dang, there's a point of diminishing returns with good ideas sometimes." <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> I I hope that doesn't hurt his business. No, but. no, he, his he's he's it, it speaks for well. itself. Go okay, out there. I don't cool. have to. I don't have to talk for him. Like okay. he's he's. Slanted. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, so the, like knowing this audience, and I go up and I do my thing, and it didn't really go well. And then, like they, you know, they had these cards and stuff, and it made me feel really bad. And then second show, I switched up like my whole set, and then I just kind of tried to cater to them to something, you know. And it was just like other material that I didn't have time to get to because I was doing like ten minutes, and I had more than ten, and I was like, okay, I need to like switch like five, six minutes of this material that's not going to match with these people, so I'll switch it out and I'll do this set. And then I went up there and I did that set, and it was okay. It was all right. It was good. And then um, I, I like, and I was talking to Joe, and Joe said something uh, like, um, never let your set um, 
uh, oh, how do you say it? He said, uh, oh, never, never become a victim of your set. Oh. So, like, never, like, you know, depending, because, like, a lot of comics will go up, like, ah, I'm going to do my set, and if they don't like it, they don't like it. Oh, don't yeah. do that. Like, like try and always cater to the audience. The people who are paying you. Yeah, the people <laughs> that are paying to watch. Because, like, your objective as a comic, like, as an independent contractor is to, uh, you know, not only, like, you know, uh, like, if you're hosting, to get announcements and stuff right and bring up people right, you know. But you, you when you host and when you open... You are, uh, you know, setting the tone. You are, you know, the host of the party. You have to do, you know, things that are good for them, you know. And, you know, he's like, never become a victim of your set. Never be one of those guys. Like, always, you know, adapt and develop and, and and you know. There, there, there's an agreement, people. essentially. Yeah. There's an unspoken agreement yeah. that you're not going to abuse the audience. Yeah, and <laughs> so I I went home that night, and I wrote for, like, two hours until I fell asleep of just material just for these people. And it wasn't even, like, actual... Like, there were a couple jokes that were, like, I've kept, but a lot of it was just for them. Yeah. And so then the next day I go up, and it's a completely new, different set. And I go up and I just, you know, you know, I start the show because I'm like I'm hosting and I'm like, ah, we got teachers in the audience. And they're like, ah, and I was like, awesome. I was like, I think you guys should get paid more. And then they went nuts yeah. again, <laughs> you know, and then I was just doing that. And then I was like telling jokes about, you know, when I was in school and my sister recently got caught for vaping in a restroom. I told a joke about that, you know, just making it relatable. Yeah, Absolutely. making it relatable. That, and that's what I like about like that's the one thing I always stick to with my material, uh, or for me. And like I, I'll give this advice to any comic out there: is like, you know, the best material to write is the most relatable stuff and the stuff from your own experience that's unique to you. Uh, and yeah, just stuff that's relatable is like, you know, really like it really builds a connection with people and your audience is always empathetic too. Right. There's so the vulnerability aspect of it. Yeah. You know, that's, that, that's really where people drop the ball a lot yeah. is when you, you got to really get vulnerable. I mean, if you, I mean, you don't gotta, but like it, it really will take you far. You know, yeah. in that honesty and connection with like, we've all been there. And yeah. especially if you're telling a story that, you know, well, Jim Carrey said you're freeing them from worry. You know, that was his he, freeing them from worry. So taking them away from there. What's the best way of doing that? I don't yeah. know. They're, they're not looking at something f totally foreign, yeah. you know. And sometimes it scares me because like, you know, there's a lot of material that I want to do, you know, like I, I do like dirty material and like. You know, like Pushing you're always in it. Yeah. <laughs> and you're always like, you know, you're always dirty with your friends. You say, you know, you do come jokes with your yeah, friends. Yeah, you're trying to just get everybody uh, to laugh. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, like, there's some material that I want to do, but it's like hard to dive into. Like, I want to do uh, like uh, political jokes. You know, I like political humor, especially when it's good. Yeah. But also, it's like a lot of, and it, that's the thing that sucks about it, is that, uh, like, people are really tied into their political beliefs. They, they have to be one thing or they have, you know, their 
or Donald Trump or something, and you can't joke about it. You yeah. can't joke about it. You know, it, it's certain. You got to be smart with it, but also it's hard because some people are just stead on one thing, and if you say something that's out of line that they think is wrong or they don't agree with, immediately you kind of like lose them. Oh, and they kind of just you'll lose you'll lose like them this. in just the tone. Yeah. Like how you say yeah, the tone, so it's hard to and they'll do be out <laughs> political jokes. And I've got I've got a joke that's hard to do, and I and every time I've done it, I've kind of pulled back on it a little bit because um, it's hard to do. Because I talk about uh, I have this one joke where I talk about uh, I don't care if I say it on the podcast, but it's like uh, uh, nobody listens. <laughs> it doesn't matter. But it's about a uh, uh, Kamala Harris. And how, like, you know, she's put a lot of people in prison for smoking marijuana, but she's also admitted to smoking marijuana. And that she's, you know, uh, done all this stuff about uh, using prisoners in prisons for, like, labor work right. and all this stuff, you know. And I talk about, you know, like, I feel like Kamala Harris, you know, she's, you know, she's not a really good person, you know. I feel like Kamala Harris is, like, the only black woman in that position that you can actually, you know, call the N-word. Whoa. Yeah. yeah, and then the whole audience goes oh, like no. that. They're like, whoa. No. And they go, yeah, dude, I don't care. I'll say it right now. You know, she's a narc. You know? <laughs> no one likes a narc. No one wants to be friends with a narc, you know, because a narc could put you in prison for a long time. Look what she's done with the prison system, dude. She'll throw you in there, dude. Yo, <laughs> that's, yeah, that's good. Yeah, that, it, her, like, I, mean, I like that joke, yeah, I but mean, a lot of people pull back on it. Yeah, because it's political and it's a play on race, yeah. and people really don't like like the like some people really like. I remember one time this couple they saw me do that joke, and then they they saw me then they, they recognized me. They saw me uh, at another place the next day, and they were like, "Oh, hey, we saw you at this uh, one place," and I was like, "Oh, cool, cool." They were like, "Yeah, you ended." On that political inward joke, and I was like, "Yeah, yeah," and they go, "That's some balls." I exactly. Like, I was like, "Oh, thank you." They're yeah. like, "That's good." They were like, "That black guy didn't like it," and I was like, <laughs> nah, "I don't think he liked it either." But, but it's not. It's not that you know whether or not you know race likes it or whatever. It's just you know it, it's supposed to be for everybody. Yeah, I, I would, but I don't want it to be you know seen as racist. No, or no, anything. I would say. Uh, Get, get to the word narc faster <laughs> like yeah uh, yeah and like just like half a beat and then yeah, like just cut them at the pass before yeah, they, gets, they can say the word in their head yeah i get scared uh, to tell that joke because that's really, really what people don't want to do they, yeah they don't you want know, to think yeah. th- that word What's and so, so funny is that i i told that joke uh in a college town in front of an entire college audience uh in norman at othello's and it was like it was a lot of people and i and i told that joke and they and like you know people there there were some people that laughed but a lot of the college students didn't like that joke and then i just remember like oh gosh okay and then i told another joke they didn't like that and then I just went into like just doing crowd work. And then one of the crowd work things I like to do is I like to uh, ask the audience. Like one thing I like to do, but I don't do it as often, is like asking people what kind of drugs they've done, which can be kind of fun. Uh, and then the other thing I like to do is just for people to shout out states or countries, and then I just make fun of the state <laughs> country. Like the states. I like making fun of states. Like I remember one dude shouted out uh, uh, Michigan. 
And I was like, oh, mostly a lot of people from Michigan just talk about how bad Michigan is. <laughs> it's like Michigan is basically just Detroit if it was a state. <laughs> and there's always just that white kid with the hoodie on that's just trying to, like, tell you about all these lyrics that he wrote. <laughs> Michigan. Yeah, which is where Eminem's from there. So Eminem. it was like an Eminem-related Eminem. joke. And then they all laughed and they thought it was funny. Yeah, and I just, you know, did that. And then they liked me again and then I ended my set good. And I was like, oh, okay. I escaped, <laughs> yeah. you know, and I just did that, and they really liked that, and I was like, all right, I'll see you later, and then they liked me after that, and I was like, okay, I rescued yeah. it, which you can always rescue your set, you know, you could be halfway, people don't like you, but you can always rescue it, you yeah. know, you can always, you Any? know, you can always escape artists your way out, you Dude. know. Speaking of, if you want to see some escape work, <laughs> check out Bricktown Comedy Club Thursday, September the 15th. Coming right up, you're going to see Chandler Rowe and The Dirty Show, rated R, 18 and above. Yeah, bring some Funyuns and a Coke. Bring some Funyuns and a Coke, and he'll give you a high five. Yeah, um, a high five and uh, you a can... A lock uh, of his hair. Yeah, <laughs> my hair. You can have one piece of my hair, like a little strand. One strand will go out. a long way. Yeah. Um, can't have my hair. Bro, that's one thing that's, that's weird. Your, it's your power. Yeah, one thing that's weird. People have come up to me before, and they're like, "Are you ever gonna donate your hair? Is that why you're growing it out?" I'm like, "No, no, that's so weird. You never go up to a woman and be like, hey, you growing out your hair to donate it?' <laughs> you never do that. I do. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so weird. Yeah. yeah, I know. Yeah, it's so also, weird when people ask me that. Also, the, you need to uh, check out how really garbage a lot of those hair donation play. Like some of them are like the. There's some that are like mom and pop type of things, but like the locks of love. There's, I watched this video where they they showed the numbers on how many, how much hair they get versus how many wigs they make versus how much money they make selling hair. Also, yeah. like selling it, not donate. Like, is it, it bad? It's a racket, dude. It, yeah, Do they make a lot of money. Or is it really bad? They uh, just get a lot of hair and they don't make enough wigs. Well, th that's the thing is they'll. Uh, it's shady. There's a there's a shadiness about it. Essentially, they're not making shady with they're not making near as many wigs as they probably could be for how much donation money and stuff comes in. Really? Um, yeah. For, oh, for like okay. A lot of, a lot of That's weird. So yeah. like, so like there there is a need for or a want for a lot of wigs, but they're just not pumping them out. Yeah, or like they don't have the um. The, there's, I mean, they're just not working as hard as they could. Uh, <laughs> essentially is what it's, it comes across. I don't how know. many people need hair? <laughs> I, I mean, that's really kind of a, a personal choice, you know, if you're getting so. a, a, aftermarket rug, you know. Uh, yeah. But I'm getting my granddad bills whenever he passes. I already, already called it. Um, he doesn't wear it anymore. I probably could get it now. Um, but he's got a bills. Uh, no, my granddad bills uh hair piece. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's got two of them, uh, and he doesn't wear them anymore. And... Uh, I'm the only one with the stones to ask if I could have them. Um, and uh, mainly because it'd be really cool to have that salt and pepper hair piece on me. Because it might, we might have a very similar head shape and it might work just stellar. Because you get your very hair cool. from your mom's dad anyway, right? Yeah. But hair anyway. From both sides of the family, I guess. Yeah, I guess I, I think I get my chest hair from my dad. It's pretty, it's pretty cool. I don't know where I get all my hair from. I get, I get it on eBay. I get it on eBay. <laughs> yeah, guys, just so you know, all this hair that I have is fake. Yes, it's pretty cool. Uh, well, man, we went way over. Uh, oh, did we? Oh, it, that means you know, that means it's a good podcast. Oh yeah, no, I, I was absolutely normally we just do about an hour, and but I was just absolutely enthralled with where the conversation was going, and um, just happy to have you on and. 
honestly, I like sitting down after yesterday's beatdown and just talking. It's really it's cool. It it's also getting me more motivated to get back into doing mics now. And uh, well, it's really just schedule proper scheduling and being able to do it. I mean, anything's possible. It just got to it's sacrifices, man. You got to make the right sacrifices in life. Yeah, that's that's it. Sacrifices, or you know, I mean, if you want to do something, just do it. Yeah, but that's the thing is, I want to do yeah. a lot of things. Yeah, and if I if, if I want to do so many things, like I, I love to paint, and I like I want to expand on my painting skills. I want to work on three D printing stuff and invent things and 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 you know prototype stuff. Yeah, which is awesome. Um, I, I want to do incre- like fun events at the science museum, which is my actual job. Um, you know, like to put on this so. Uh, I want to host other stuff. So literally it is a sacrifice. Like it, like I am doing everything I want to do in life right now. Like there's, awesome. yeah, it's, it's just how much I want everyone to do that. Oh yeah. It, it's just hard work and it, and, yeah. it, and it, and it's sacrifice and it costs. Yeah. Cause it, it's like, you know, like the, the, the first, you know, while that you're doing it, you know, you feel like you're not going anywhere with it. Oh you know yeah. I mean, but, uh, it's not the case. Like, if you really put your head down and you really want to do something, you just keep doing it and doing it and doing it, you know? And then eventually, you know, the, it'll just come, you know, right. if you just, you know, just get good. Yeah, and, and don't <laughs> be, f- do not be so full of crap. Yeah, All be right? authentic, be yourself. Yeah. Be willing to be bad at shit. Yeah. And, uh, and remember, the holes in the boat reveal themselves... And dumber people have done more with less. Thank you, guys. This has been the Riffing Austin Podcast. Thank you so much, Chandler Roan. I don't know if you heard. You can see him at Bricktown Comedy Club, September the 15th. Love you. Have a wonderful day.